We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. As you can see, I'm not in my normal studio. If you watch the video that Sean Davis and I did uh, just a little bit ago on Thomas Bryant coming back, you also saw I'm in Las Vegas now for Summer League. So excited to be here. And with the recent announcement, the Lakers are the team that wound up winning the Thomas Bryant race between a number of, of teams that were after him. Figured, let's come on here. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk some Lakers basketball Lots to get into. We'll talk a little Thomas Bryant. We'll talk Kyrie Irving and everything else that the chat wants to get into. Coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Welcome in, everybody. Um, Summer League. I'm out here in Vegas for, for Summer League. The team played tonight. I did not get to catch the game tonight. Unfortunately, they lost to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, but I will be able to catch some of the other games out here in Las Vegas. If you ever get a chance to go to Summer League, it's a great opportunity. I literally just five minutes ago ran into Nick Van Exel in the in the elevator here at the hotel. It, it's all kinds of NBA people walking around all over the place. Um, it's a lot of fun. So if you ever get a chance to come out, it's kind of like NBA Comic-Con. Highly recommend coming out here. But let's kick things off with the most important news of the night, that the Lakers are landing Thomas Bryant. Uh, the boxing watermelon is back and says, very excited to have Thomas Bryant back been following him since Indiana. Yeah, so Thomas Bryant, I know we we look at it and say, well, he, you know, how good is he really? He's coming off of an ACL injury. He wasn't really quite himself after the injury for Washington. But Thomas Bryant was a guy who was sought after by a number of teams. And so from that angle alone, like I think he's a great fit with the Lakers and I'm going to get into why, but just from this angle that you had many teams who were after, in fact, Chris Haynes listed them, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Jazz, the Lakers. Out of those five teams, he picked the Lakers. That it feels kind of good to, to win one. I'll admit because we've seen you know Otto Porter Jr. go to Toronto. We've seen uh, T.J. Warren now signing with the Nets, and uh, you know the Lakers. It felt like they kind of missed on a few of the guys that we had high up on our target list. And we've been saying for a little bit that Thomas Bryant was probably the best of the stretch bigs that was still out there, sh shooting thirty five percent from three for his career. And so the Lakers get the win. They, they get Thomas Bryant, getting him on a veteran minimum. And they apparently have promised him the opportunity to compete for the starting job. So I think that's important in a few ways because number one, it's important because I, I would imagine that helps land Thomas Bryant, right? I mean, are, are the Celtics are the Raptors, these other teams saying, Hey, you could start maybe a few would, but, but probably not. Whereas for the Lakers, you could get a starting job, and it's for the Lakers. And we can think about the spotlight that that brings. I mean, it's the Malik Monk factor, right? Where you've got guys who are wanting to come in, rehab their value, and then they'll hit free agency the next year. And in the meantime, the Lakers can kind of capitalize on getting that talent. So there's that. But also, if the Lakers are telling Thomas Bryant, you can compete for the starting job, who's he competing with? Right now, it's Damian Jones. Wendy Gabriel, he can kind of play that small ball five a little bit but I don't think he's a real threat to, to start. And I like Wendell Gabriel, not trying to speak ill of him, but I don't think that he's a, a threat to start. So who are you competing with? 
It's Damian Jones versus Thomas Bryant for the starting job. And I think this is the strongest indication yet that Anthony Davis starting at the five probably won't be a thing. Now, it's possible that they get into training camp and Darvin Ham is just like, oh, man, AD, you're so good at the five. We, we have to go this way. We have to go this way, and we're going to get more minutes for some of the other wings and things like that. This, it, that could happen. But the way it seems to be set up with Thomas Bryant having a shot to compete for the center spot, it feels like AD at the five is less likely, certainly, than it was an hour ago before this Thomas Bryant news broke. So I think that's significant, too. It's not just that Thomas Bryant's getting an opportunity, not just that he picked the Lakers, but it's also what it means for the rest of the roster, and it could mean no more AD at the five or less AD at the five. I still think you close games with him at the center spot. Uh, but let, let's talk real quick about what Thomas Bryant brings. So 6'10", 7'6", wingspan, so he can block some shots for you in there. Not known as a major shot blocker, but that wingspan allows him to make up for the fact that he's not truly seven feet tall. And then on top of that, He's got the ability to shoot the three, which is so important. Particularly, let's say that things go south with Kyrie Irving. It's important that you have bigs who can stretch the floor if you're going to have Russell Westbrook out there. And let's face it, the Lakers, so far, if you look at the guys they've added in free agency, they haven't added any real snipers, right? They haven't added it much in the way of shooting. Um, they've got guys who probably all top out at about league average. We look at the players they've brought back with Stanley Johnson, Wendy Gabriel, Austin Reeves, and then the players they've brought in. When we talk about Juan Toscano-Anderson, you look at Lonnie Walker. I mean, heck, we'd be excited, I think, if Lonnie Walker was shooting league average or just a little bit better when he shot, what, 31% or so last season. Uh, Damian Jones obviously doesn't shoot the three. Uh, and then you've got uh, you've got all these guys that they've added that are just okay. But a big who shoots 35% from three is – more of a weapon than a wing because a big who shoots 35% from three is also pulling their opposing big away from the basket. And so that can matter more than pulling say a point guard away from the basket, right? Because of rim protection. So Thomas Bryant's skill set, I think is important on this team. So this is a win in a lot of ways for the Lakers. It's a win because they beat out these other teams. It's a win because they need a skill set um, and a win because I think of what it tells us for the roster construction from here on out. So good stuff getting, Thomas Bryant, I like that that addition for the Los Angeles Lakers. Let me see. I'm going to get into some more of your super chats here. Mob Mentality says the team is shaping up nice. We filled most of the needs. Even if we don't get Kyrie, uh, we could still form a good plan B, like Buddy Heald. I do wonder, like, do we hit a point eventually where the Lakers say, you know what? You know what? We need to move on. And I'm not saying they're there or anywhere close to there because I don't think they're going to be. I think what Adrian Wojnarowski said about Rob Palenka and Sean Marks most likely speaking at Summer League is probably going to happen. I mean, like, like I said, I just ran into Nick Van Exel. You run into everybody in Summer League, and NBA GM certainly will run into each other here. So this is a scenario where I would imagine these talks are going to continue over the next week or so. It, it's something that's going to be an evolving process, but at some point, at some point, if the Lakers are dead set, like, Hey, we don't think we can win with Russ and we have other options and maybe they don't, but if they feel like they've got other options, they're going to have to move on at some point. Again, I don't think we're there yet. Don't think that's where we're at right now, but the plan B, whatever that is, if it, if it exists, if it really is something with the Pacers, I don't know that if it is, but if it is, and you can get a Miles Turner and you can get Buddy Heald, you might need to move on to something like that, um, or at least let the net, let the Nets know, hey, you know what, we we kind of got to keep moving here because we can't keep because who knows, who knows? Let, let's say the Nets drug this thing out. Shams Tarania today said the Kevin Durant thing could take months to resolve, months. At the end of August, let's let's say it's the end of August. Does Kyrie still want to be a Laker? Who knows? Who knows? That, that's part of the reason why you've got to get this thing done. Get him under contract with the Lakers because he could change his mind tomorrow. He could change his mind a couple months from now. That's that's Kyrie. And so you'd have that factor as well, pushing you to try to get something done soon rather than later if you're the Lakers. In addition to the fact that right now, right now you've got Durant pushing for a trade, which by the way, we heard today that he is indeed still doing that, which is key. It's key that the Nets haven't talked Durant off the ledge. They've got to keep... For the Lakers side, if you want to get a Kyrie trade done, 
Durant has to continue to try to push out and, and get away from the Nets. Same thing uh, with Kyrie. He's got to continue to say, nope, I'm not going to hear it. I'm not going to stay another year. Let's get me out of here. So that's happening right now. But the Nets timeline is not the same, I think, as the Lakers timeline. And it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic ultimately plays out. Let's see, I have a few more Super Chats coming in here that I do need to get to. Uh, Jeremy Davis, how do you feel about Juancho Hernan Gomez? Can he play small forward? Uh, Bo Cruz, yeah, I mean, I, I like Bo Cruz. I, I, like, I call him that, but Juancho Hernan Gomez. But I think the Lakers are done as of this moment. With the Thomas Bryant edition, they're now at 14. I think that's it for now. Because you've got to hold an open roster spot just in case. What if what if the Nets come back and they say, you know what? We'll do Kyrie and Seth for Russ and both your picks. Well, then you've got to have a roster spot in order to absorb the extra player coming back. If you go and sign that 15th guy, then you don't have that. So the only way you do something for Juancho Hernan Gomez right now is if it's a non-guaranteed deal that if you needed to in a pinch, you could cut him. Uh, you could also say Wendy Gabriel, his deal isn't fully guaranteed until January. So maybe he's another guy that in a pinch you could move on from. But uh, I don't think we're going to see the Lakers add any more players until the Kyrie situation is resolved. And even after it, they might not. Even after last season, the strategy coming out of the summer was to leave an open roster spot for the buyout market. That was their plan. They were looking to carry 14. And then Frank Vogel got a look at how bad the defense was. And he went and brought Avery Bradley back in. Uh, hoping that he could help fix some things. Obviously, it didn't quite work out. But that's the only reason why they had 15 on their roster to start the season last year. The, the plan was to carry 14. And I think that is what we're going to see again, at least until the Kyrie Irving thing is resolved one way or another. Isle uh, Farkash, is Russ gone for sure, whether it's Kyrie or someone else? None is a better fit as a starter right now than him. No, Russ is not gone for sure. We that's that is definitely not a certainty. Remember, it was just a few weeks ago the Lakers were putting out and Rob Palenka on draft night said we'll welcome Russ back with open arms. Feels like that was a lifetime ago, but it wasn't fucking a week ago, right? So a little bit more. So this whole idea that the Lakers have to move on from Russ, they did a lot of legwork to try to push back against that because they wanted to have some leverage in trade talks and not have the sentiment be that they have to move on from him. They they walked that back so much. Now, whether or not everybody believes them is another story, but I don't think Russ is gone for sure. I don't think so. Because I think, I think it's realistic to assume that the Pacers don't want Russ. I think it's realistic to assume that the Nets don't want Russ. I think it's realistic to assume that no team wants Russell Westbrook. There's no, 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 no team wants to pay him $47 million, right? If he was a veteran minimum, sure, teams would, would want him. But no team wants Russ on this contract. So I wouldn't assume that moving Russ is going to be easy. The Kyrie scenario might be your best chance. Your fallback, your backup plan, maybe that comes together, but maybe it doesn't. So I think there is a chance that Russell Westbrook still starts the season as a Laker. But my gut is that the Kyrie thing still ultimately gets done because it makes too much sense for both sides as long as Kyrie and KD both continue to assert that they want out. That's what I think ultimately happens. As far as Kendrick Nunn, uh, he could wind up getting used in a trade. On paper, though, he does fit uh, what the Lakers need because he's got that three-point shooting ability. But do you want to just hand over the starting job to him and say, we trust that you're our starter when he didn't play last year? I don't think he can do that. Damian Warden said, wonder if, if this is the start of other moves taking shape. Rob might know he doesn't need extra roster spots in the Kyrie deal. Hopefully Reddish, Curry, and Kyrie are next. Yeah, so that's the other way, right? If if Rob and Sean Marks have come to an agreement and it's two for two, let's say it's THT and Russ for Joe Harris and Kyrie. Okay, let, let's just say that's the trade. And that's the basis for it. And they both sides have agreed. This is the trade. Let's work off of that. We'll figure out draft pick compensation. There's just some minor details need to be smoothed out. We're going to figure out the Kevin Durant stuff. We'll swing back around and get this done. To where Rob Palenka feels pretty confident that it's going to happen. I still would be a little bit reluctant because who are you adding right now? Who is it that you're signing that is a major factor? I mean, Thomas Bryant, TJ Warren, those are probably the last guys 
that you look at on the free agent market and said, man, okay, these guys can really help the team. I, there's a few restricted guys out there and stuff. Don't get me wrong. But, but if I'm the Lakers, if I'm Rob Palenka, I'm still going to be a little bit wary of things falling apart and maybe needing a roster spot. If you, even if you feel really comfortable that Sean Marks, Hey, this is the deal. This is what we're moving forward with. I would still be hesitant to add somebody now. Cam Reddish, you'd have to do that via trade. So again, that's where we talk about what's going into this Kyrie trade. Clearly the Nets want more than what the Lakers want to pay. And clearly the Lakers don't want to give that much. Um, but in order to get a Cam Reddish deal done, in order to get a deal done for anybody else, the Lakers probably can't pay full price for Kyrie. You've got to be able to negotiate a deal because otherwise, I'm telling you, the Nets, they're going to want everything. That's what they're going to want. Sean Marks, and look, he should. Sean Marks is going to go into this and he's going to say, Lakers, you're desperate. You need to move Russ. You have no shot this season with Russ on your roster. I've got your ticket to potentially contending for a championship if everything breaks right. And so I need both firsts. I need a pick swap. I need seconds. I need all these things. And I need you to absorb salary for us. That's what they're going to come into it. Then the Lakers obviously are going to be far apart from that. So what can the Lakers do to preserve future assets? That will determine whether or not they're able to make other moves beyond Kyrie. Whether it's this season or not, you're going to need future assets in order to go get like a Cam Reddish or someone like that at some point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here in the chat. By the way, guys, thanks for staying up late with me here. I'm getting myself acclimated to Las Vegas time. Ball Hog Sports said, if we pass on Kyrie, uh, it'll make me view Jeannie's tweet about sacrifice differently because LeBron is reportedly pushing for Kyrie. What if the front front office doesn't want to trade for Kyrie? That's certainly possible that the front office just says, you know what? We don't want to get in the Kyrie Irving business. Particularly if let's say the scenario is in order to get Kyrie, you have to promise that there's going to be an extension coming at some point. What if that's the case? You might not be comfortable committing long-term. The Nets aren't comfortable committing long-term to Kyrie. Nike isn't comfortable committing long-term to Kyrie. What if that is the prerequisite to get Kyrie and LeBron is pushing for it and the Lakers are not on board with that? That's possible, plausible. I don't know how likely it is. If I'm the Lakers, if I'm Rob Palenka and I'm trying to look at this situation, I'm saying, you know what? I've got a much better shot at doing something this season with Kyrie on my roster. And if we don't want to sign him long-term, he's an expiring contract and maybe we can work around that somehow. But that's possible. But again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take Jeannie's tweet for anything other than just talking about Kobe. Because that's the sense that I get is it was just about Kobe and nothing. I don't think it was a shot at LeBron or a shot at Clutch or anything like that. Because first and foremost, why would she why would she say that? I think Jeannie is smart enough to know what the reaction would be and to understand that people would take it that way. So why if she really was taking a shot at those guys, why would she do it that way? It doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna assume that's not what it was what it was about. All right. Hey, Sean. What's up, man? Back for more. How are you doing? 
I'm doing good. Just talked a little about the Thomas Bryant thing. Let's go. Okay, so you were just doing what you did on uh, uh, Twitter Spaces, and you were talking about Thomas Bryant. Yeah. So we we're going a little further in depth here into into Thomas Bryant. We we've been talking about Kyrie before you jumped on here, but Thomas Bryant, another player in his 20s, I believe he's about to turn 25. The the Lakers have signed all young players. The oldest player they've signed is Juan Toscano Anderson, and even he's in his 20s. He's 29. Yeah. Did, did the Lakers did the Lakers learn their lesson from last summer? Is that what's going on here? Oh man, I hope so. I mean, last year was so disastrous. And again, as much as we like to crap on Rob in the four off seasons, this one's not complete yet. But uh, two, the first two were championship level off seasons, and then last year was awful. But I think he's correcting the wrongdoings of last off season, getting wings that can mainly are just players that mainly can guard or stretch the floor. So getting more players that fit with the roster, Thomas Bryant be able to stretch the floor and shoot, Damian Jones being an athletic center that could just catch anything thrown up to him. And then you have your wings that could defend more so than they can shoot, which is fine. Um, only problem is, again, this roster makes so much more sense if they certain trade gets done. So <laughs> come on, Rob. Well, so Sky Mav says... I don't understand why the trade hasn't gone through. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card and bait to get LeBron to extend. I'm losing faith. The Lakers don't get to decide the timing of the trade. Even if, let, let's say the Lakers said, Nets, you win both firsts in the deal. The Nets still might say, okay, but we're we're waiting for Kevin Durant. We want to see what happens here. We need to know what kind of roster spots we need. We need to know where we're at financially. We're waiting to figure out that kind of a trade. The Nets yeah. timeline may not match up with the Lakers timeline. So when you're saying, I, I don't understand why it hasn't gone through. I think the Nets feel like the Lakers offer isn't going anywhere. And the Lakers feel like Kyrie isn't going anywhere because nobody else wants him. So, I mean, like, why is there such a flurry of movement right before the trade deadline? Because there's a deadline and it creates urgency. That's what happens. Um, it's a sales strategy, right? Literally creating urgency in the, the client. It's a, hey, we're doing a 4th of July sale. If you wait till tomorrow, this goes away, right? That kind of incentive to try to make something happen, try to create that urgency. There, That isn't there right now because the Lakers feel like Kyrie's not going anywhere else and the Nets feel like the Lakers offer isn't going anywhere. So it doesn't hurt them right now to just kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah, and I personally think that this Thomas Bryant thing is connected. And so, if anything, I would gain more faith after the Thomas Bryant signing than lose faith personally. How so? How do you, how do you see Thomas Bryant as being connected to a Kyrie trade? So, this is my theory, okay. and I'm going back to a couple of days. So, it starts off with the Chris Haynes thing saying, I think it was Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat. Chris Haynes says, hey, we're expecting to get something about Thomas Bryant signing from the Lakers or the Celtics. I think the Raptors get thrown out, too. Obviously, that has not happened, and it's now Tuesday night, Friday morning, or Wednesday morning. Jeez. <laughs> That's, a big jump. <laughs> That's a big jump. Um, and then in that time span, there's a rumors, a few rumors about the Lakers' plan B. And Rob had a plan B after the Kawhi Leonard thing, go get all the wings that could shoot, play defense, whatever. The plan yeah. B was talk to Indiana, go get potentially Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. The, and then flash forward, fast forward to today with the signing, the wording in Chris Haynes' tweet almost deletes that plan B by saying Thomas Bryant would have the will have the opportunity oh. to start for the Lakers, to win the starting center job for the Lakers. And if plan B was still an option, if they traded for Miles Turner, Miles Turner starting as the center is not going to be a, a quarterback a quarterback. Uh, competition training camp or a center competition sure. training camp between Miles Turner and Thomas Bryant. If there's no plan B, does that mean we're only left with plan A? And plan A is almost, if not done already, plan A is already done. Yeah, I, I there's like, I would imagine that if something falls in the Lakers' laps, you would just say, Sorry, Thomas Bryant, like, you know, th this guy that's much better just wound up, you know wound up here we didn't foresee this um that happens sometimes but i would imagine thomas bryant probably because he had multiple teams like he 
it's not like he had no options and the Lakers said, here you go, here's a minimum contract, right? And he said, oh, thank you. No, he had lots of teams after him and he chose the Lakers, obviously because he believed there would be an opportunity here for him to play major minutes and to to rehab his career, right? To um, get things going again, a la Malik Monk. This is, I mean, just like Lonnie Walker, just like uh, all these other, Troy Brown Jr., right? These guys are all looking at, can we use this Lakers season as a bounce back season for our careers and then cash in next next summer? So there's that element to this as well, where you would imagine Thomas Bryant probably asked like, okay, is anybody else coming? Anybody that you foresee coming? Or is it, I just have to beat out Damian Jones for the center spot. I'm talking about specifically at center. So if you're Thomas Bryant, you're looking around and you go, okay, who do all these teams have? Uh, Utah, they've got opportunities, but you know they've also got a lot of open spots. They're going to bring some guys in. Some things are going to happen there. Okay, maybe that's not the best chance because who knows who they're going to bring in. That's not set in stone. Boston, am I playing in front? Am I going to beat Robert Williams out for the spot? No. Okay, so that's not a great opportunity. You know, Toronto, they're going to play small sometimes with uh, with Boucher, with Siakam. Like, are, there, are there great opportunities there? Eh, maybe, maybe. But the Lakers, okay, are, I have to beat out Damian Jones and that's it? That's a pretty good opportunity. If he was hearing, and this is going along with what you're saying, Sean, if, if he was hearing, hey, Miles Turner's on the way, he probably signed somewhere else. And again, that is a theory. I just... Yes. Came up with that theory on the fly. A gay called Sean Winhorst. <laughs> I guess I accidentally did the meme. Um, <laughs> just a wild theory that I now. Hope is why right. would he do that? Why would he do that? There we go. <laughs> uh, KM says, "Why not put protections on the picks? Top three, top five. Maybe that could be a sticking point." Yeah, could very, I mean, the Lakers might say, "Hey, okay, we'll give you the twenty-nine pick, but it's lottery protected," and the Nets will say, "No." We don't want that. We'll, we'll, we'll let you – it can be top one protect. The Lakers will say, well, top 12. Okay, top three, right? I mean, you go back and forth. Uh, they may very well be putting protections on picks. That could be part of the negotiating process. Which makes sense. Uh, has the front office jumped the gun with too many inexperienced young guns? Seemed one or two vets would help a potential championship push. So – Last season, they had too many veterans. This season, they have not enough veterans. That's what we're saying? I'd rather start the season with not enough veterans and then go get a veteran at, in the buyout market than start off the season with all the veterans who can't run. Yeah, I, I think there is a there's something to be said for moderation, right? We, we, um, we're driving a car. Like, overcorrection is a problem. Right, you're driving along, driving straight. Car starts to drift a little bit one way. You jerk the wheel and you overcorrect and go off the other way. Right, you can do that. We've seen the Lakers do that. Right, they did it when they traded for Russell Westbrook. They went, "Oh my gosh, we need a third guy." LeBron and AD, they're gonna be getting hurt. Let's get. We need any third guy. Let's go get this guy. Whatever depth, we don't need it. Just get us a third guy. They overcorrected. They went way too far trying to get that third guy. Um, they they could be doing something similar here. They could be saying, you know what? All we need is youth. Just get young guys. Forget about older players. Forget about the locker room veteran, the, a la Jared Dudley. So there, that, there could be a mistake built in here. But I would rather gamble on young players getting better than an aging player retaining their skill set, retaining their abilities, right? Because young players, if you, betting on a young player to get better from one season to the next is typically a good bet. If you bet on an aging player at some point, that bet is going to come back to, to haunt you, right? You're going to miss. And the Lakers missed a lot last season. A la DeAndre Jordan, a la every single veteran player. Trevor the Reza, newest man. Denver Nugget, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, what are they doing? I don't know. Boogie wanted to be there too, it seemed like. Yeah. By the way, this this also means no boogie for the Lakers. Thomas for Bryant Lakers. being involved. What does this mean for Jay Huff? He didn't get to play tonight for uh for the Summer League squad. What does this mean for Jay Huff and his opportunities? 
Uh, I don't it's know. It's not good, right? Yeah, it's not good for sure. The, his stock on potentially playing for the Lakers or getting opportunity to play for the Lakers next year has definitely dropped. Because the problem is you're looking at a three-center rotation. Even if AD doesn't start at center, like it's AD, Thomas Bryant, and Damian Jones. You get to add a fourth player. No, that's like having a fourth quarterback in football. Because really, that. like, Wenyan Gabriel, even LeBron, can play some minutes at center in a pinch yeah. if you're going small or whatever. So you're not – it's not like Damian Jones and and uh, Thomas Bryant are going to split 48 minutes. It's not like they're you're manning a true center the entire game. AD is going to get minutes there too. I, I would say this is not – I mean, this is not good. For for Jay Hub, I I just can't see them bringing another center in. So I mean that that means either he's going to get picked up by another team, or Sucks. it's another season with South Bay. Stay in South Bay for one more year, Jay. <laughs> Please, I bring I, I bring him into training camp anyway. Yeah, no, you do I that. Still bring him in. Yeah. Uh, what guarantee do we have that Kyrie will re-sign if we trade for him? Big fan of the show. Love you guys. Well, thank you, Odara. Um, guarantee that Kyrie will re-sign? I've assumed they've had those conversations. I think it's a fine line. Like, you want Kyrie to re-sign, but you also want to preserve some future flexibility. Like, I'm not comfortable giving Kyrie a four-year deal. So, you want Kyrie to stick. I want Kyrie around as long as LeBron's around. If there's a way to tie those two. If LeBron says, hey, I'm going to do a one plus one. I'd be okay with doing that long for, for Kyrie as well. Um, and then from there, you, you take it as a ghost and you, and you see where things go. But um, I would imagine that's probably part of the, the discussion process. And I'll have to ask, I'll talk to Keith and see exactly at what point if the Lakers were to trade for Kyrie, they would be able to extend his contract um, mm-hmm. versus just letting him become a free agent and then re-signing him. But um I would imagine if you're going to give up serious capital for him, we're talking two future firsts, you would already have had that conversation through back channels or whatever, or just LeBron calls up Kyrie, and you would have some sense of where his head is at in terms of being a long-term fit or not. If, in my opinion, if you talk to Kyrie and he said, hey, give me four years, or I'm, going to, I'm just going to tell Sean Marks, hey, never mind, I'm going to stay. I'm going to go elsewhere next year. I think you still do it. Now, I don't think that's the case. But I think, in my opinion, you can't let something as petty as, as much as I think, and I agree, Trevor, if possible, it's more ideal to have Kyrie Irving's contract match up with LeBron's because there's some shakiness about Kyrie without LeBron. But, like, if it's, hey, I'm not coming unless you give me four years, just give me four years. It's not... That's kind of petty, in my opinion. Just give him the four years. It's not worth stressing over. At some point, though, don't the little... I mean, is it, is it death by a thousand cuts? Right? Like, okay. then. All right, we're going to give in on Joe Harris versus Seth Curry. We'll take on the extra salary. Okay, all right, Nets, you win. We'll take on an extra salary. Okay, okay we'll, we'll add in an extra first. Okay, we'll do a pick swap. Okay, four years for Kyrie. Like, those little decisions where you just say, and I've been saying this a lot, I'm not going to lose the deal over this. You have enough of those and it can add up to a big problem. Now, again, who knows? I mean, Kyrie could sign for four years and he could be a model citizen and everybody could, everything could work great. And yeah, but that's just, that's not what we've seen though. So at some point the Lakers would have to draw the line and decide how far is too far. And that's on Rob Palenka and that's, that decision and either making this move or not, I think will go a long way towards determining who the GM of the Lakers is next season. No, that makes sense for sure. Uh, I.L. Farkash said, I hope signing all those young guys isn't an overcorrection. Okay. We did just talk about that, but, uh, but appreciate the super chat. The lack of experience hurts us eventually. You know, when we talk about it, though, like LeBron's got experience. AD has plenty of experience. If you bring in Kyrie, there's experience there. Not that he's going to be your locker room leader, but if you trade for a Joe Harris, Seth Curry, those guys have experience as well. So there's experience on this roster. Um, just not – you don't have the Jared Dudley or Rajon Rondo in the locker room. You don't have yeah. that guy. 
Maybe day. you find that at the buyout. Who knows? You might. Random dark side user. I feel like this Kyrie trade is just another Kawhi trap. We'll wait all offseason for a deal and miss out on real players like Kemba Walker or TJ Warren. TJ Warren is already gone. Um, I don't have any sense that they missed out on TJ Warren or anything there. But that's that's the difference, right? Is the Lakers did all their free agent spending already. It's not like like the Kawhi trade, you did see them miss free agents because of that. Mm-hmm. Who are you missing on right now? You could say Kemba Walker, but if you're getting Kyrie and you already have Kendrick Nunn, now maybe you trade Nunn in the in the deal or something. But I, I if you miss Kemba, like your opportunity cost is the current version of Kemba Walker. If you wait to see whether or not you can get the Kyrie trade done, okay, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. That's not I'm not worried about that at all. Now, if you told me it was five years ago, Kemba Walker, then no, I'm saying, oh, no, 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 no. We're, never mind. Nets, you guys, you do your thing. We'll, we'll go get Kemba. But that's not the case, right? It's not like there's a bunch of free agents that are sitting out there waiting to be scooped up that are really great players. So I that's where this isn't like the Kawhi thing because you've already done your shopping in free agency. You've already done your spending. You're not missing out on anything really by by waiting right now. Agreed. And uh, two things really quickly. One, this might be a hot take, but uh, I'd rather have Russ than Kemba Walker right now. Actually, I don't know why that would be a hot take, but I'd rather have just bring Russ back than go bring in Kemba. And then secondly, this is not only for the reasons Trevor described, but this is still different than the Kawhi Leonard situation as well, because the KD Kyrie thing, this is shut down pretty much the entire league. When the Kawhi thing shut down, the Raptors, the Clippers, and the Lakers, and everybody else just kept making moves. So, I mean, there's been like five deals done in the past four days. So, this is different for that reason as well. True. True. Uh, Devin White says, love the show, guys. Thank you and appreciate the super chat. Uh, I'm wondering if the Lakers should have signed a veteran instead of uh, TBJ. Troy Brown Jr., about junior. I was going, I, I the because we've been talking about Thomas Bryant. I was like, is Thomas Bryant a junior? A junior, yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, instead of Troy Brown Jr. or Thomas Bryant to provide some balance to the team, I guess my question would be, what which veteran <laughs> who is who is it out there that you would have signed? And so the Lakers, so Thomas Bryant and, and Troy Brown Jr. both bring skill sets that you really need. If I'm going to sign a veteran, if I were the Lakers and I said, you know what, I really need a veteran locker room guy, ideally, you want to sign that guy at a position that you're already strong. Troy Brown Jr. is at a position on the wing where the Lakers are very weak and have been. Um, so, so no, I wouldn't have signed a veteran there. And then Thomas Bryant, how many other stretch bigs were there? You could say, well, could you kill two two stones with one bird, Chuck Norris style, um, if you went and got like Gorgie Jang? Right, who can be a stretch big, but also is an older kind of veteran guy, maybe. But I'd rather gamble on, the, on Thomas Bryant's upside. I think it's fair to wonder, though, if the Lakers are missing a little bit of veteran leadership on this roster. They do still have an open roster spot. So maybe the Kyrie thing gets done. They could have two open rosters, depending on how much, how much they send out. Maybe that opens up a roster spot. But the veterans that are out there, Maybe you ultimately, when the dust settles with the Kyrie thing, maybe you bring in Mello. Maybe it's Blake Griffin, somebody, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And then we're not as worried about not having that uh, veteran sage-like presence. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. LeBron is like three veterans. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think people are kind of like underrating the fact that we still have LeBron on the team. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you get Kyrie, he as much we crap on Kyrie a little bit. He's won a title. LeBron, AD. Like you have guys that are, have played in very meaningful games in this league. Like if you go get Joe Harris or Seth Curry, Seth Curry's been to a conference finals where in Portland they were up double digits every single game but that was a young portland team uh joe harris was a kevin durant big toe away from going to the conference finals you know yep so i think we're underrating i think there is still some veteran leadership on the team partially because we have lebron on it but i do agree that whether it's via buyout or some trade maybe at the deadline you go get some veteran leadership or with that last roster spot uh, dustin daniel said if russ starts the season out poorly how likely is it Scotty Pippen Jr. is called up to the parent squad? Uh, well, thank you for the super chat. But one of the things with Summer League is you don't want to go too far with it, right? So man, we need to remember. Remember what we're really watching when we're watching Summer League. So Summer League, you've got a bunch of guys who are really just thrown together. Like Mac McClung, Jay Huff, they've played together with South Bay. But for the most part, most of the guys on a summer league team, they've had a few practices together and then they're being thrown out on the floor. So we have to remember that first and foremost, right? That's that's the summer league environment. Then in terms of overall talent level, there's a step up from summer league to preseason. There's another step up from preseason to regular season, both in terms of talent like three and in terms steps of just, up. Yeah, just in terms the of the, the level of play that you're seeing on the floor. So what you see at Summer League isn't always a great indicator of what's going to happen in a regular season NBA game, let alone playoffs. So when you see Scottie Pippen Jr. or any of these guys doing stuff in a Summer League game, that doesn't mean that same thing is going to translate and work. No, it doesn't mean it's not going to. You can see some glimpses of what guys can do there. But what I am saying is that you're talking about one of the top 75 players of all time, right? When we talk about Russell Westbrook, as look as frustrating as this whole thing has been with Russ, there's no denying that he's a hall of famer, right? And to suggest that if Russ starts poorly, then a guy who went undrafted and has looked okay in a few summer league games is somehow going to come in and usurp his role and send him home or something. I like Scottie Pippen jr. I just think that's a that's it's going too far to assume that that's even a possibility right now. Yeah, agreed. I, I definitely I don't think Scotty is going to play for the Lakers, the parent team at all this year. Um, even with that last roster spot, I don't think they give it to him. I think there's a few other guys, Jay Huff, Cole Swider. I, I also think that's just skill set duplication. You know, mm-hmm. let, or let's say you got Kyrie, right? Like it's Kyrie. Lonnie Walker, potentially none. No, that's or right now with Russ. So it's Russ, Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, THT. That's a lot of the same skill sets in one room. Um, so nah, I'm, I'll pass. You know what I, I will say? The South Bay Lakers are going to be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, they are. You know, like it's it's the kind of thing where you're going to want to tune in to some of their games this season because. If it's – who knows what happens with Jay Huff. I, I think if he – and hopefully he gets back from health and safety protocols, but he's going to get picked up by somebody. He keeps playing like this. Um, but Scotty Pippen Jr., Mac McClung, Max Christie will be on the, the on the Lakers. But getting to watch some of these guys in summer league, like they're going to be fun for South Bay Lakers. It's going to be a good time. Yep. Um, and, and who knows, Cole Swider as well. Should not omit him. James Bell said, I believe the Zen master might be in the owner's ear. Yes, he is. She gets his advice on stuff. Um, that's the thing. I don't, is she telling, is he telling her what to do about Kyrie? I don't know, but Phil Jackson's part of the, 
part of the decision-making process. Uh, Phoenix, respect to Kyrie Irving, but the Lakers need to re-sign Russell Westbrook to a max contract. He deserves it. Mr. Triple-Double, top 75 all-time. So that is a good way. Okay. Tell me you're not a Lakers fan without telling me you're not a Lakers fan, right? Tell me you didn't watch the Lakers at all last year without telling me you didn't watch the Lakers at all last year. Really, really quickly again, because I've, I've made this point in the past. Russell Westbrook can average... Come on, Chad. I know there's some rust stands in there, so you guys probably have the stats on the spreadsheet somewhere ready for me. He can average 18, 7, and 7 or whatever it was last year and be a significantly better player and contribute to winning more than he did last year. So it has nothing to do with the stats. He could have averaged 24, and 24, 10, and 10 last year. He had played the same way, like in terms of just watching the game, like everything we griped about, we would have said the same thing. So not about the stats. Uh, Solo said, how realistic is the KD and Kyrie to Lakers trade? Not realistic at all. I, I mean, I'd love to say, oh, it's it's going to happen, but it, it's not. It's not. They're going to get other stuff for, for KD. Uh, Jose said, I'm calling Orlando if I'm Palenka. All their big shots, they don't have a true point guard. Cole's the score first guy. Russ will fill seats. I don't know what we get, though. Orlando... They're trying to build something around their young talent. I don't think they're in any hurry to try to win games right now. Um, and you just got Paulo Bancaro. Do you really want to bring in Russ, who's going to be focused on doing his own thing and, and proving that he's still Russ? And all that? it just it doesn't make sense to me if I'm if I'm Orlando, like filling seats. I think fans are going to be excited to see their young players more than anything else. So I don't think you bring in Russell Westbrook if I'm Orlando. If I'm Orlando, I would. I would definitely not bring in Russell Westbrook. Agreed. And not just like I wouldn't bring in Kyrie either if I'm Orlando. Yeah, you, you, no. you're on you're on a totally different path. Yeah. <laughs> oh, our chat is always is always fantastic. <laughs> you guys are right. hilarious, man. So. I did. I did not see the summer league game tonight. Uh, I was in the air uh, coming here to Vegas when when it happened. I saw the Lakers lost. Um, no Jay Huff. How big of a factor was that? It was a big factor, but give credit to Sasha Kelly Jones, who I thought had a good game. Just the hustle plays. He was a monster down low as well def- defensively. I think he held his own and just athleticism. But Jay Huff was. Probably the best player throughout those first two games, just making the biggest impact. Um, so obviously he was definitely missed, but give credit to Sasha. All right. All right. Now we'll see what these guys can do at Summer League in Las Vegas. So they'll play here in just a few days. That's exciting. I can't wait for that one. Thomas Bryant, now a Laker. Kyrie Irving, not yet. Not yet. So Shams today mentioned that it could take months. For the Kyrie Irving I don't thing buy to get that. done. Or for the for the KD thing to get done. I don't buy it. I don't think so either. But I also don't think the Nets are in any hurry to make a move. And that's caused yeah. frustration. Yeah. Um, again, what are the Nets supposed to say? Are they supposed to say, oh, man, we're, we can't wait to get KD out of here. We want to trade him by the 8th. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to give themselves a deadline? Give, them, give, give themselves a deadline? Come on now. Like, no, they're not going to do that. Um, that. That doesn't make sense. So, and the fact that you said months, that's totally a leverage play by Brooklyn saying we can mm-hmm. wait and wait and wait. think something similar happened with Houston with Westbrook and Harden. We're still there. We'll go into training camp with these guys. Stop, the, stop it. Stop. We're not going to training camp. Um Shams was definitely speaking from the Nets' point of view in this case. There's been uh, this super chat asks, "Can we land Kyrie and Simmons?" Uh, I don't think so. Don't see that happening either. Um, but there's been a lot coming out from the Nets side lately, hasn't there? Like Chris Haynes, Chris Haynes was very clearly from the Lakers side. Everything since then has been 
very clearly from the Nets. Everything Woj has been getting, everything Shams has been getting, it's all been very clearly from the Nets side. That doesn't necessarily worry me because, I mean, when Magic Johnson was running things, it was just one leak after another, right? Like Magic would just be telling her, but oh yeah, we're, we're going to give up all this stuff and get Kyrie. Um, that's not happening anymore. So it doesn't worry me, but if you read between the lines, you could, you could see where it's all coming from right now. And I think we have to remember that when we, when we hear that stuff, because the initial reaction can be to get upset. Oh my gosh, this deal's falling apart. And then you remember, Oh wait, this is the net saying these things though. That, that matters. Yeah, of course. And then also the fact that you brought that up, that the Lakers have been quiet, that everything's been from the, from the Nets point of view. The Nets are trying to get Rob Blinken to blink in this massive staring contest, and Rob has not blinked yet. Because mm-hmm. if Rob blinked, I think we would have heard at least something from the Lakers side, because there's been nothing since the whole, oh, the Lakers are optimistic a deal will get done. We've heard like four reports from the Nets' point of view since then. Um, yeah. The Nets are trying to get Rob to blink, and kudos to him. He has not blinked yet. He is having this massive staring contest, and he is winning right now. Um, just a little bit of patience. I think... Uh... You know, he, he, Woj mentioning that it could, the talks could start up again at Summer League. It wouldn't surprise me at all if those conversations happen here. Just In fact, so I was, I was terrified that the trade was going to happen while I was in the air coming here. Now Thank I'm God terrified that, that, that it's going to happen while <laughs> all back. of us are on our way home. Yeah, because like if it happened today, there was contingency plans said that were pretty easy if it happens we're all on the way back that would that would not be great not be great um sign sean and trevor deadly duo they could sign not don't don't sign us to play basketball but yeah no sure put trevor in the front office but me in the video room that's a done deal we can do that we can do that all right everybody I said I sat down thinking of what I was going to do like a 25 30 minute show. Here we are. We're almost at an hour already. Let's let's wrap things up there. We do have a lot going on tomorrow. I'm going to have some studio time tomorrow uh, over at the Wind, the Blue Wire Studios. So I'll be doing some stuff there. I know there's going to be some more stories coming out. By the way, tomorrow is the 6th, which means the moratorium will be lifted and these signings can officially go through. So who knows? Could have some stuff happen there. But uh going to be a big day. So that with that being said, appreciate everybody for coming on this kind of impromptu show that we decided to, to put out there. I will put this out as a podcast over on Apple Podcasts as well. If you guys would mind going over there, giving us a five-star rating and review. We certainly appreciate it. Sean, thanks again for, for hopping on here and uh, and flying solo tonight in the uh, the post-game show that you, that you did after the Summer League game. Of course. He's always a bunch of fun. Thanks for having me on, Trevor. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.